What's good, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the What's Good Games podcast live on Monday, May 25th, 2020. Happy Memorial Day, everybody. I'm Andrea Renee, joined by Miss Brittany Brombacher. Hello. How are you doing this holiday Monday, Britt? Doing good. Now, it does feel like a bit of a holiday. It's a little quiet. People have the it right idea. They took the day off. And we're like, hell no, not us. We're not kind of funny. No rest for the weary. I like the dig, though. You like that? <laughs> exactly. It's great. And the reason why we can't possibly take today off is because it's Rihanna Manuel's birthday. Happy birthday, baby girl. I hope she's twerking around somewhere for me. Do me, do me a little birthday twerk. I think she's going to be lurking in the chat. I was chatting with her earlier today. Yeah. So um, thank you to everybody who is joining us at twitch.tv slash what's good games. Of course, you can watch what's good games live every Monday morning at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And you can download what's good games live afterwards on your favorite podcast app. Or, of course, you can check us out at youtube.com slash what's good games. Yeah, let's see all of those Rihanna emotes in the chat on Twitch celebrating Mm. the queen's birthday. So in honor of her birthday, we're going to be doing a stream starting at 1 p.m. Pacific time today. We've got an idea in mind for a fun virtual game we have an idea yes i'm doing a test with her after we're done shooting the show today and if it all goes sideways during the test i'm probably just gonna end up streaming animal crossing or something but we hope that it's going to work out our intentions are good but you know technology just sometimes shits the bed and things don't work out the way we want them to you know we had no technical issues before we started the show this morning none oh yeah no everything was perfect Nothing broke at all. No, it never does. <laughs> it just—it feels like the moment that you have something figured out and you're like, okay, I've got it. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling confident. And then boom, something in the signal chain just decides it doesn't want to work. And there's no rhyme or reason as to why. It just doesn't. But thankfully, we're here streaming live to you guys now. And it seems like everything is going okay. So with that, we're going to go ahead and get started with the show. So... Brittany, mm-hmm. we don't really have any announcements and housekeeping. It's kind of exciting. It's weird. Right? It's, I mean, I'm perusing our calendar, and things are going to start getting busy in the coming weeks. But for now, we're just kind of sitting. We're just kind of chilling. You know, it's the calm before the storm, if you will. And you will. Yes, it is. Because next week is when things start to kick off for the kind of air quotes E3 pseudo schedule. And then the next couple of weeks have some really exciting um, announcements and streams happening. And then it gets a little quiet again at the end of June. And then it picks back up again in July. So lots of things to look forward to, but also lots of time to play video games. You just want to play Animal Crossing and decorate. Let's be real. That's good. I feel... No, I feel like I'm going to hit a wall, though, once I get my island mostly to the place I want to be at, and then I will take a step back. And then yeah. I'll, you know, maintain it and then maybe do some fun projects. But right now, I'm like, I have a vision that I'm trying to accomplish, and the five-item catalog per day limit is crushing my soul. <laughs> crushing my soul. I just need so many floor lights for this thing that I'm building <laughs> And simple panels that I can customize, and I can only be five things a day, and I still want to get more plants. And wouldn't you know it, every time you buy a KK Slider song, that counts as one, too. What what did one Tim Schafer tell us during Gary's animal talking? Um, Yes, so listen, I'm with you. I get that not you can't build Rome in a day, and trust me, like terraforming is a process, especially when you like – 
make a mistake and then have to fix the mistake. It's like constant. It's like, oh, I built a cliff, wrong spot, tear down the cliff. Oh, I built some water, oh, wrong spot, you know, re- fix it. Everybody who's terraforming an animal crossing knows what I'm talking about. But the problem though, Britt, is that I wish they just had segmented certain items for in the catalog as, oh, hey, you can buy kind of as many of these as you can afford with your bells. And then these other items are like, okay, you can only get X amount of those a day because you don't want people buying like 10 grand pianos in a day. But then again, why not? Why not? You know, (laughs) they've got the bells. (laughs) It's your life. So can you give us a little hint as to what this vision is that you have? Are you saving it for some grand reveal? Well, I, I, I don't know if I'm going to stream, I guess it won't be a grand reveal. So I'm building like a beach bar club situation. Okay. Uh, which is pretty fun. And I also have a pizza slash coffee slash wine bar that I'm building as well. And I'm trying to build like a wrestling arena. <laughs> okay, okay, okay. Hold on. What? So I understand. a lot of things happening. <laughs> I understand. I understand like the beach wine bar, the coffee stand, and then all of a sudden it's a, there's a fucking wrestling arena. Are you trying to tell me something? Are you going to join the wrestling world? No, 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 no. I have no oh. desire. I just am trying to think. I wanted to do like a basketball court and then all of the court designs take up way too many custom slots. So I was like, I'm abandoning the basketball court. But the wrestling stuff I could I could do pretty easily just with objects and I have to do too many custom designs because the house – the redesign I'm doing on my house is like, I'm very excited about it too. <laughs> oh, I spent hours downloading custom codes over the weekend, you guys. Have you ever <laughs> tried one of those real quick? Have you ever tried one of those custom home decorator games? I don't even know what they are necessarily. It's like something you'd find published by HGTV or something, right? It's those games where you buy homes and you decorate the inside of them and then you live your best life. Yeah, somebody was telling me about yeah. one of these games and I... I think the reason why I maybe haven't tried those is because what I like about decorating in Animal Crossing is that so much of it feels inspired by the creativeness of the community and Mm. not by the video game designer. Um, I really do enjoy some of the designs that you can get just from, you know, the sisters, the Able Sisters shop and some of the stuff that you can get from the store. But almost all of my favorite designs are custom made from the community and thank you to everybody on Reddit, whoever you are out there who's put all of their creator codes into the universe because I've got I've got really inspired that I want to go make some custom codes of my own now that I've seen enough patterns that I feel a little bit more competent in it. But again, that just takes time. If you so. ever need any skill training in art, I'm your girl. Just oh. letting you know. Oh, great. So you are familiar with how to do pixel art specifically because that's all, all of Animal Crossing designs are pixel art. All I'm saying is once you've mastered <laughs> – the art form that is Microsoft Paint, Andrea. You can tackle anything, anywhere. Okay. And I'm honestly quite offended that you didn't even think about this. But it's okay. I, I mean, listen, you've had Animal Crossing much longer than I have. Yeah. I should be offended that you don't have ready-made designs that I can download right now. You know, an artist is pulled in many different directions. And <laughs> I just I didn't have all of the capacity. <laughs> is that direction called Yakuza? Yeah, <laughs> it's actually. <laughs> You're like, listen, I've been busy. Um, okay, enough about Animal Crossing. Sorry to <laughs> get so it's a slow news day. Anyway, yeah, it's true, but we do have quite a few. Uh, we do have quite a few questions, and thank you to everybody in the chat who is talking about Animal Crossing and um, their designs. And if you did not know that you can download 
custom designs in Animal Crossing. You are missing out on a world of amazingness. All right, let's go ahead and jump into the news. First story, Valorant is launching on June 2nd with their closed beta ending next week. So this story goes on Polygon. After more than a month of closed beta testing, Riot Games' new free-to-play tactical shooter Valorant will be released on June 2nd, the company announced. On that date, people across the majority of regions worldwide will be able to download the game for free from its website, Riot said. Valorant's closed beta will end five days earlier on May 28th, so that's this week. The entire game will then go offline for maintenance as Riot prepares for launch. While many people have had the chance to play the game during the closed beta, all progress for every player will be reset when the game is actually released. Along with the release date announcement executive producer Anna Dolan and the game director Joe Ziegler shared some of Riot's post-launch plans for Valorant. Among them are a new game mode, a new character, and a new map. All these elements are set to be released shortly after the June 2nd launch, Riot said. Along with the new content, Riot plans to add Valorant servers in cities around the world, including Atlanta, Dallas, London, Madrid, Warsaw, and more in order to give players access to low-latency matches. So, Brittany, I know that, you know, FPS shooters on pc definitely not really your thing from my limited experience with valorant had a good time it definitely is a very difficult game (laughs) and i don't know if i'm going to continue to play because i have to get good with (laughs) with mouse and keyboard if they are going to add controller support post launch i would love that and i don't need to hear the very lengthy discussion about how mouse and keyboard is superior to controller i'm well aware of that i'm just not good with mouse and keyboard so i am better even at a disadvantage with a controller than a mouse and keyboard yeah it's you know i'm very very excited for all of those who are excited about valorant this is a very very exciting time to be a gamer that's all i got this does nothing for me if i had a skirt and the term is blow my skirt up. This isn't even like a puff of air from like a kitten. This does nothing. My skirt does not move. But I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this Valorant takes off. People tend to describe it and you've played it. So, you know, Overwatch and Counter-Strike. And to me that and you said it's a difficult game. To me, I'm good. I'm going to keep walking down my Yakuza path of life. But Yeah, no, what I think is great about this is that they were in closed beta for a relatively short amount of time which is awesome because it means that they either did a lot of work before they went into closed beta or they had just enough people that they were able to get really, I was going to say efficient, but that's not the word I'm looking for. Um, Very valuable feedback from the people that were in the beta. So they feel better, you know, kind of putting it out into the world for everybody to play. So enjoy. You can all play Valorant next week. Um, All right, next up, Borderlands 3's next expansion takes fans to the Old West. So we haven't really talked about Borderlands in quite some time, but they've been quietly releasing DLC. Gearbox has always been pretty good about supporting that game and that franchise post-launch. On the Gearbox's uh, Borderlands show that they announced, Bounty of Blood, A Fistful of Redemption is the name of the third major expansion. It's set on the desert planet of Gehenna, and players will hunt down a dastardly gang called the Devil Riders. Goodness. Discover... And discover new rewards. Gearbox and 2K are going to launch Borderlands 3, Bounty of Blood, on June 25th. Can you read the rest of the story in a Western accent? Like a twang? <laughs> well, I wasn't going to read the whole thing, but I can read um, a little bit of it. Okay. So, um, 
a Western a Western accent. Um, uh, no, because I immediately thought of my pirate accent from perfect. Later Daters. That's and fucking I was perfect. Like, no, it's was great. Like, no, that's not that's not the right accent. Um, I don't really want to spend too much time going into all these details. <laughs> Essentially, you know, you're going to get a new mound. There's going to be new guns and a bunch of new stuff. If you guys want to learn all of the details about this Western themed expansion, of course, you can go to the Borderlands Three website. Um, and, or you go watch the Borderlands show, which I believe is on their YouTube channel and they detail all of it. Brittany. Yes. How do you feel about Pac-Man? <clears throat> when I think about Pac-Man, I think of that little trick where you stick your finger like on your ear and you wiggle it and it sounds like Pac-Man. Have you ever done that? What? Oh, I'm going to open. I'm going to show you a world. Wait, that's not Aladdin. Anyway, the point being is if you take your finger and you stick it on your little, that little flap that covers your ear hole and you wiggle it, it goes, it sounds like (laughs) Pac-Man. I want, I want to know people in the The chat right now are like, dang, she's right. Thank you. The Batwinkle. I appreciate you. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, well, when I'm not wearing headphones, I'll try it and <laughs> I'll look at back. look at chat. Thank you. You have validated me in my existence. <laughs> Love y'all. <Okay. laughs> hilarious. <laughs> well, Brittany, Pac-Man turned 40 on Friday. Wow. So happy belated birthday. Did you and did you know that you and Pac-Man share a very similar birthday? I did not, but it is truly an honor. I think about <laughs> Pac-Man and my first experience with Pac-Man, it was a board game. And it had tons of little white marbles on it. And you would stick the white marbles in all, like, these pre-created holes in this board. And then you would roll your dice, and then you could, like, get your moves on. And that's how you would play the game. I didn't really play a lot of Pac-Man in the arcade, actually. What? Oh, I was a diehard Ms. Pac-Man yeah, girl. Yeah, I was all about that gauntlet life. Yeah. Oh, gauntlet is great, too. There just weren't that many arcades in my hometown that had gauntlet. I think there was, like, one, maybe? And Ms. Pac-Man was ubiquitous, like... She was everywhere. Oh, yeah. That girl, that girl gets around. But we're not talking about Ms. Pac-Man specifically. Pac-Man turned 40 on Friday on May 22nd, 1980. Pac-Man immediately rose to meteoric, meteoric? Me- meteoric? <laughs> popularity. First in video game arcades. This, of course, is from Bandai Namco, by the way. Then on the pop culture stage with the hit song Pac-Man Fever and through an array of brand and entertainment appearances throughout the 80s and 90s with a brand recognition rate of 90% around the world, Pac-Man's image and brand continues to be one of the most recognized on the planet. While Pac-Man has transcended into the world of entertainment, his heart still resides in video games. As part of his 40th birthday celebration, Pac-Man will be making special appearances in Minecraft DLC, enabling players to enjoy Minecraft, or excuse me, Pac-Man mazes within the game starting today, which was last Friday. Pac-Man Live Studio is coming to the Twitch game platform in partnership with Amazon Games, which will enable four players to compete in one maze in an all-out chomp fest to see who will eat the most pellets and survive the stage. I feel like we have to try this, Brittany. Yeah. Players will be able to create their own Pac-Man mazes and share them with friends online or play the classic Pac-Man game if they so choose. What is Very exciting. What is Pac-Man? Have we ever learned what Pac-Man actually is? Like, what is its molecular bot? Like, what is it made of? <laughs> like, like, what is it as a being? Yeah, as an entity. What is it? Because I Googled it while you're talking. And Pac-Man is honestly quite terrifying. It's just this circular, smooth, uh, surface, surfy, circle, little half pizza looking thing. And it has like a random black eye for a dot. And I'm like, how, how does that work? I don't think that's how anatomy works. You know what I mean? I don't get it. I mean, Batwinkle has a great question. Does Pac-Man have a butt or is he all butt? Okay, wait. Deep, your deep thoughts for the day. <laughs> 
Because w- when Pac-Man eats, where does it go? So how could it be a butt? Because if it's a butt, like it has to leave, right? I don't know. I don't know. Not I don't necessarily. Know. Think about think about Kirby. Oh god. Kirby and Pac-Man probably share a lot of molecular similarities. What if they're like cousins? I feel like Kirby and Pac-Man are probably cousins. But at least Kirby has feet and arms and a mouth and like eye. Well, I guess Pac-Man has a mouth and eyes too, but Yeah, exactly. It makes more sense. But Pac-Man just moves. It just glides. Pac-Man's a fucking alien. <laughs> there we go. Yes, he is. Um so there's a lot of things that Abandoned Namco is celebrating for Pac-Man's 40th birthday. Something that I thought was pretty neat was a partnership they're doing with NVIDIA. Uh, Pac-Man is the subject of an advanced AI research being conducted by NVIDIA, trained on 50,000 episodes of the game, and powerful new AI mode created by NVIDIA Research called GameGAN can generate a fully functional version of Pac-Man without an underlying game engine. This means that even without understanding the game's fundamental rules, AI can recreate the game with convincing results. Our computer overlords will be here soon. Oh, God, that's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, we're all fucked. Oh, yes, indeed. But um, congratulations, Pac-Man, on turning 40, one of the all-time best games ever created. Shout-out to Pac-Man Championship Edition, if you guys never played it. Super fun. Mm, Game Manual says his name comes from Paku Paku, which means to gobble up something. Oh, they did give Pac-Man limbs in Smash Bros. You're right, Alan. Press start. Well, yeah, and there's a lot of, like, (sighs) Pac-Man cartoon things, and there's a lot of Pac-Man where Pac-Man is more humanoid, but still very weird. I still have concerns. Yeah, I mean, I don't blame you for having concerns. Oh, um, actual news coming up, Andrea, to talk about. Yeah. Do you want to read this one? I would love to. Final Fantasy VII Remake is April 2020's best-selling game. Sets franchise record. This comes from IGN. Final Fantasy VII Remake was April 2020's best-selling game, and it also set a new launch month Final Fantasy franchise sales record in both unit and dollar sales, surpassing 2016's Final Fantasy XV. As revealed by Matt Piscatella of the NPD Group, Final Fantasy VII Remake led April 2020 sales, followed by Call of Duty Modern Warfare and Animal Crossing New Horizons. April 2020 tracked spending across video game hardware, software accessories, and game cards, reached $1.5 billion, a 73% increase when compared to April 2019. This is also a new record for an April month, a milestone that was previously set by April 2008's $1.2 billion. Dollar sales for tracked video game software also set a new record for an April month at $662 million, a 55% increase year over year and the highest since April 2008, $642 million. Switch also has the highest year-to-date dollar sales of any hardware platform in U.S. history, a record that was previously held by Nintendo Wii in the same year-to-date period in April 2009. Wow. Look at that. So, Turns out people are playing video games. I went back. <laughs> oh, wow, who'd have thought? I went back and I was like, what made April 2008 such a special year for video games? So, Andrew, take yourself back to April 2008. Where were you? Do you remember? April 2008, I was here in Los Angeles. I was struggling to get enough hours bartending because that's really when the Great Recession was just really getting ramped up and i was playing a crap ton of rock band and guitar hero like a metric crap ton of it preparing to meet your future husband exactly yeah april 2008 i was 20 years old i was working full-time for department of corrections i was getting ready to move to near university of washington to be closer to my now ex-boyfriend so now that we're all settled back this is what happened in 2008 of april Mario Kart Wii launched. 
which was actually, yeah, Mario Kart, Mario Kart Wii launched, and they sold $1.12 million that month. The big one, Grand Theft Auto 4 launched for PS3, Xbox 360. Oh, yes. But the funny thing is, they only had five days in that month, but they still managed to move 2.8 million units. Not surprising. Yeah. Gran Turismo Prologue released in the middle of April, sold 224,000. Smash Brothers Brawl had released the month prior, but they're still riding on that high train. And then when it came to hardware, the Wii sold 714,000 units that month. Nintendo DS sold 414,000, and the PSP sold 192,000. Oh, the PSP. Wow. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That so, is yeah, fantastic. Yeah, that was before April my very first E3. Wow, yeah, that year it was in Santa Monica. I was looking at Wikipedia. They have some fun, like, what what was life like back for the video game industry? And that was the year also that Blizzard announced Diablo 3 <laughs> in Paris. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's crazy to think that the Diablo 3 announcement was that long ago. Yeah, it was June 28th, 2008. Wow. Crazy. I know. Ah, oh, memories. I know. So that's why that was such a – as soon as I saw Grand Theft Auto, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> that makes yeah. sense. It's yeah. going to be interesting tracking how sales do from here on out, knowing that the release dates are a little bit offset what they normally would be. Like, So Naughty Dog has a history of releasing games in June, so that's going to be no surprise. But July, getting you know Ghosts of Tsushima in July, I think it will be interesting. I think we're definitely going to see a spike in July numbers because of that, but also because... People traditionally are going on vacation, doing outdoor activities, and there's going to be a lot less of that this year. So I imagine oh, yeah. summer sales are going to be probably the highest they've ever been, would be my guess. Unless you're one of those fools that are going to a packed-ass beach in a packed-ass pool swimming in tons of urine, which I saw Ew. lots of videos of that over the weekend. Don't do that, kids. Swimming in Stay pools home. of urine? Yeah, that sounds, that sounds gross. Um, yeah, it would be really gross. Um, well, congrats, Square Enix and Final Fantasy. That game was excellent. Yeah, you did real good. I th- you did the thing. I think about I think about that game from time to time and go, oh, hey, I remember that was a magical time for me when I played that game. Am I going to go back? Seven? No, probably not. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, there's, there's, there's no need at this no, point unless we get stuff. some like really cool mods. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Um... Next up, Summer Game Fest announces Day of the Devs partnership with two more events. So PC Gamer wrote this up, but they did send out a press release last week. Day of the Devs, for people who don't know, is an annual festival hosted by Double Fine Studios and I Am 8-Bit. It's free and open to all, and it traditionally happens during GDC in San Francisco, but... No GDC means no Day of the Devs. Obviously, that's not going to happen this year, as I just mentioned. Though the first of the newly announced showcases is going to take place on June 22nd, while the second will happen on July 20th. With news, gameplay demonstrations, and video game musical performances, promise for each. Ooh. Uh, confirmed mm. participants include Akupara Games, Annapurna Interactive, The Behemoth, Finji, Kowloon Knights, Longhand Electric, MWM Interactive, Panic, Sabotage Studio, Sky. Bound Games, Teen 17, That Game Company, Tribute Games, and Us 2 Games and more will be announced with a proper schedule as the show gets closer. Um, so this is interesting, Britt, because I feel like we have several competing indie showcases now, and it's really going to split the consumer's attention when so many different indie showcases are happening, especially if certain devs are showcasing in multiple of those indie showcases. It's like, are they going to show different videos or different trailers in each of them or are they just going to reshow the same thing 
Yeah, this has been the interesting topic of conversation when it comes to this is we have all and I have the list of what's confirmed right in front of me. We can go over that in a second of where do you show your game and at what showcase and why? Because like you said, we have Day of the Devs and then we also have the Gorilla Collective, which starts next week, which is primarily, I believe, indie focused. And then you're going to see Larry in there and whatnot. So, I mean, this is all new. The industry is kind of like trying to figure it out. And granted, I think, you know, it's pivoting really well considering how everything just kind of got thrown to shit very like in the 11th hour here. So we'll see. How is it all going to work out, man? I don't know. But I think, Andrea, with all of these events, we have enough that we can do our eight ball prediction show. Yes. We were talking about making sure to bring this back in some way, shape or form. So if you guys have been following What's Good Game since the beginning, we have done an E3 predictions from an eight ball, Magic 8 ball episode. And we're like, how are we going to do that this year? And so we're figuring out how we're going to, to run it. But I think we have I think we have a game plan set for that episode. Yeah. So we have just as a reminder, June sixth, the Gorilla Collective Day One, Gorilla Collective Day Two is the day after, June eighth, that's the upload VR showcase. Six eleven, we got Cyberpunk. We also have EA Play Live, six twenty two, Day of the Devs, six twenty three, New Game Plus, Expo that's the thing with Sega, Natsumi, Koei Tecmo, seven twelve, Ubisoft, seven twenty, Day of the Devs. 827 Gamescom opening night live, and then we still have to hear something from PlayStation at some point. When's that going to happen? And what the hell is Nintendo doing? Are they just going to continue to do their random Thursday announcements? Which is like, that's probably what they will end up doing. So yeah, I think we have enough that we can start making those crazy-ass predictions. I'm, I'm excited. Yes, I'm ready. Summer of summer of things, and also, we're going to be streaming as many of these as we can. So, watch us. Again, if you don't have those notifications turned on for twitch.tv slash what's good games, now is the time to do so. Also, if you haven't hit that follow button, you could do that too. Yes. All right. In case you missed it, (laughs) Gary Witta disclosed to Brittany and I under very stringent secrecy that Sting would be appearing in Animal Talking. And now it's publicly announced that both Sting and Shaggy, of all people, are debuting new music. Well, Shaggy, well, they both are debuting new music on Animal yeah. Talking. I was like, Gary, what the what the heck is even happening with this show? Um, Shaggy, oh my God, and Sting. What the, I never, that's a duo, man, right there. Yeah. Granted, they're not doing shit together, but. Correct. I'm, I'm definitely going to be interested to hear what Shaggy's new music is going to be. Has he put out any music? I think of Shaggy. I think of Angel and It Wasn't Me. And that's it. Yeah. I mean, for me, it's like those are the two. Yeah. He's got a couple other ones and he's guested on on some tracks. But it's not like I'm waiting, usually waiting with bated breath for what Shaggy's doing. But if it's in, yeah. if it's in Gary's Animal Talking, you've got my attention now. Um, on Naughty Dog's Twitter account, they announced that this Wednesday they're going to be sharing another glimpse into The Last of Us Part 2 with an all-new extended gameplay sequence on State of Play. Don't miss it. Ooh. Yeah. So it's going to be about 20 minutes long. They've already said don't expect any PS5 news, obviously. But I feel like that's a disclaimer that everyone's kind of learned. you got to throw out there whenever you announce anything like this. I... I I don't want to watch it. Yeah, I feel I like we're so close it. to launch now, just a few weeks yeah. out. That's like, mm. I've already seen, you know, an extended portion of the game. I don't know if that's what they're going to show. Maybe it is what they're planning to show. But the thing that I played at the preview event, which seems like a lifetime ago now, which was last year. But yeah, I'm not sure. Not sure what's happening there. Yeah, I'm good. And I mean, did you see also speaking of Naughty Dog that they're using Twitter's new feature where you can you can dictate who responds or who can respond to your tweets 
they're doing that now with um, their Last of Us tweets because they don't want people posting spoilers in the cop in their replies. That's really smart of them. Yeah, because yeah. there's terrible people out there. Oh yeah, I haven't read a single comment or anything posted from Naughty Dog to The Last of Us because I already had like a pretty big thing spoiled for me for the game, but I, that doesn't mean. You know, the rest of it needs to get spoiled. But I think it's cool that they're using that feature. Exactly. And you, we already talked about the Wholesome Games um, thing when we were t- running down all of the things we could watch. Um, we did? Did you oh, not mention did. that in your list? I did not. Oh, I thought you did. Well, no. please mention it now. I will. Re- I will. So Wholesome Games, this is on their Twitter or YouTube, I pulled it from. Anyway, join Wholesome Games on May 26th at 1 p.m. Eastern for the first ever Wholesome Direct hosted live on YouTube. We'll be showing exclusive footage, developer interviews, and announcements from over 50 cute and cozy indie games. You can follow them on twitter.com slash underscore wholesome games. And they have a Discord community at discord.dg slash hcf37p. Anywho, I think this is a really, really cute thing. I'm happy this is happening. We need more content like this in our lives. 50 is a lot, though. That's a lot of games to do in a single announcement. Like, I feel like you got to edit some of that. And it's hard to make those decisions about which games get included and which don't. But if you overload people, then people just lose attention. And then they're like, okay, I I stopped paying attention after game number like 15. And it's like, Mm -hmm. okay, done. Like, I love what my friends at Kind of Funny are doing with the Kind of Funny Games Showcase, and now, obviously, the evolution of that. But I thought that it was really tough for me to keep track of all of the games because there was just so many of them and the first one that they did. So it'll be interesting to see how they change that up for, for the new thing that they're working on this year. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, but yeah, more indie games is better for everybody. All That Juice says Britt has a Carol Baskin vibe going on. All That Juice, get the fuck out of here. What? You kind of do, you kind of do, but I love it. Is it, is it the shirt? <laughs> this isn't a tiger. No, it's Damn leopard. It. It's leopard. Le- Still a big cat. Get your though. stripes right. And her yeah, thing is true. big cat rescue. So, well, yeah, I got nothing. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for the news for this week. We've got several questions that you guys submitted. Don't forget, you can always <laughs> submit your questions to whatsgoodgames.com slash dearwgg if you can't join us live on twitch.tv slash whatsgoodgames. And several of you did. So the first one is from Megan, who says, What's good, ladies? Happy Memorial Day to you and to any American listeners. While being Canadian myself, I have a great amount of respect for anyone who fights for their country. Amen to that. A big topic right now is next-gen, and with that has come a lot of criticisms from both PS4 and Xbox One. That's the current Xbox, right? (laughs) Question mark. Yes, it is. (laughs) Approach to marketing by influencers, such as... KF, Funhouse, and even WGG. So I'm wondering, is there such a thing as a perfect approach to launch, and what, in your opinion, would that look like for either console? Thanks, as always, ladies. Hope you're taking time this long weekend to rest and recover from your anniversary stream. Thanks, Megan. We are. Um, Before we answer, I think that we can both confidently say there is no such thing as a perfect approach to launch. There just never is. (laughs) But I think what we have criticized here on this show specifically in relationship to xbox is the first one i thought of was just a mismanagement of expectations about what people can see from the marketing materials you're putting together and i don't need to like regurgitate everything about what they did wrong regurgitate (laughs) i hate that word (laughs) to me the way that they could potentially optimize it or make it more exciting for fans and not maybe deal with some of the blowback is to just set a very clear expectation for when we're going to get looks 
at specific uh, times of the marketing cycle. Like tell us, hey, on this day, we're going to reveal the what it looks like. On this day, we're going to reveal the new controller. We're going to reveal the price. We're going to reveal specs. Like if they did like a timeline like that, not too dissimilar to how some developers detail their roadmap for DLC seasons for live service games. Be like, hey, in this period, we're going to talk about this. In this period, we're going to talk about this. I think that would be awesome because then it sets expectations for when people can get information. And then they can make some of their purchase decisions around that. Because if you wait until too long to announce the hardware specs, like Steimer mentioned, she's like, I just need to know how big the PS5 is so I can buy the right entertainment center (laughs) (laughs) or how much the price is so that people can financially plan if they want to buy a new console. I think that would be really helpful to consumers. But I honestly don't know how realistic that is from a merchandising standpoint. I've never (laughs) created a console and shipped it around the world. So, But if we're just doing pie-in-the-sky requests... That yeah, would be my, talking out of that would be my request. <laughs> but it's fine. No, I'm with you. I think, you know, when we're excited about the new consoles, the new generation, I think what gets us excited is how, pre- I mean, from a very like blanket level, how pretty is it going to look and what games can I play on it? I think that's mostly what people are very excited about. So when you start kind of trickling out info, I think about PlayStation, for example, like that Mark Cerny. I mean, I'm sure if you're a, if you're a smart human, I'm sure that was like, oh my god, porn for you. But I'm just looking. I think the only thing I remember out of the whole thing was something about 3D audio and ear molds, which is kind of odd and weird. <laughs> but you keep it, keep it, uh, you know, simple. And I think in a level that most people can understand, like Andrew was saying, almost give a roadmap. Okay, you know, basic, think about, about a basic presentation. Here's the console. Here's what it looks like. These are the launch games for it. This is. And also, like, okay, I'm going all over the place, but go back to last May when it was that PlayStation 5 Spider-Man demo, right? Remember that? I don't even know if that was supposed to leak or if that was a leak it was, or whatnot. It was a leak, yeah. Okay, yeah. I mean, that's the kind of shit that I think gets people excited. Like, look at what, what Spider-Man looks like on a PS4 as opposed to on a PS5. That's the kind of stuff that I think gets people excited and gets people hyped, and that's the stuff that people really care about. And, of course, you're going to have your market of, like, nerds who you know all the tech specs and appreciate all of that mumbo-jumbo. But I think what it comes down to, it's to build hype. We just want games. How pretty is it going to be? What's the price going to look like? And then we're set. We're simple folks. Yeah, I'm with you 100% that the hype is there for that kind of leak. But the problem with them releasing something like that as like an official asset is that you're going to get that segment of consumers who don't understand that it's not a real game, that it's just a tech demo that was built specifically to show off the hardware. And that's why behind closed door demos are a thing that you do at E3 because you're playing to a very knowledgeable small audience that knows that the thing you're showing them is not the way the final retail product is going to look and that kind of a message is much more difficult to disseminate across millions of people around the world and that's the tough part because I'm with you that like it was a get get hype moment watching this PS4 game run at lightning speed on PS5 architecture but it's like how can they recreate that in a way that feels that they're being completely honest with consumers and not showcasing them like a possibility of what the, what the system can do instead of a promise what the system can do. Does that make you sense? You get a big screen, yeah, in front of an audience and you say, listen here, motherfuckers, <laughs> don't take any of my words out of context. This is just a pure example as to what this could do. Oh, you have faith in people, Brittany, in a way that I like. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. You know, one of us has to. It's not- <laughs> but seriously... <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, that's... Oh, thank you, Danny Jassen, for the t- the sub gifts, the tier one sub gifts in chat. That's very but kind, yeah, Danny. Um, <laughs> I don't know why I said your name like that. I'm so sorry. But we do ca- we do call out subs at the end of the show. If you guys have been subbing throughout the yeah. show, we don't generally do that. But Danny coming in and over the top. Um, but yeah, Brittany, I I love that you're, you have you have faith in humanity. But I I, I mean I really don't. But sometimes I do. <laughs> And today, I feel like you know you got you got to like give them a little bit of leeway. Be like, all right, we're gonna test our boundaries here. I'm gonna say something's black, and then you come back and say it's white. Then you're stupid. That's all I'm getting at. You know, you just, you just- or yeah, or you're just trolling, and then we have no time of day for you. True. Um, all right. Next question is from Rafael Costa. Hey, girls. Hope you had an amazing weekend with the recent news of an Iron Man VR bundle. Do you think it is the right time to get a PSVR? Which VR headset is your favorite? I'm thinking of getting a VR headset, but I don't know if I should get a PSVR or an Oculus Quest. Thanks for making Mondays great. Keep up the amazing work. Love from Portugal. Oh, thanks, Rafael. Um, so both Brittany and I have several of the VR headsets and have tried all of them out, um, either at demos or preview events or just because we have them now in, in our homes. Um, Britt, which of the VR headsets do you find yourself playing the most with the caveat that neither of us are really big into VR that we play it really sporadically? Say the Oculus Quest because of the obvious, the convenience of it, right? You just slap it on your head and you're off to the races. And I, even though I have a PlayStation VR set up, and it's set up in a way that all I need to do is push a little button, it just, for some reason, the thought of being strapped in and having the cores and having to be confined to one area, and it's heavier, uh, it just doesn't sit as well. It doesn't sound as exciting, I guess. And although I will say, I think the experiences, not necessarily all of them, but some of them you find on a PSVR, obviously it can handle more power you know you can have some of those more like the walking dead saints and sinners experience and some of the other uh, vr games as well but i just for the pure convenience of it all i love vr because i like the feeling of escapism and just yeah it's really neat just to be able to look or walk around you know i'm not looking for a super duper in-depth game experience from that but just the idea of experiencing the tech so for that reason i would say quest I am with you on the portability of the Quest. I really love being free from the cables, but the PSVR to me is far more comfortable as a headset, and it doesn't leave a giant VR imprint on my face when I'm done playing. And for that reason, I find myself playing more in PSVR because it's more comfortable and the game catalog is not too dissimilar. Almost anything that releases on Oculus Quest you can get on PSVR, but there are some PSVR exclusives that Sony has locked up, like this Iron Man game, right? But the mm-hmm. problem is that most people who make games for VR have such a limited install base to begin with that they can't do exclusivity unless somebody's footing the bill for everything. And that's why you tend not you tend to not see too many exclusive games that are just on one VR platform. But I think now is a great time to get into VR. The library is extensive. There are a ton of great games to play. PSVR is certainly the more affordable option if you already own a PlayStation. Oculus Quest is also like around the same price, I believe. I think they're both $3.99 right now, but you may be able to find a PSVR on sale easier than Oculus Quest because last I heard like the stock of Oculus Quest was really low and they were difficult to get so a lot of things for you to consider if cost is an issue 
Um, or if you prefer the portability of Quest, knowing that you're sacrificing some of the graphics power that you would get with mm-hmm. a wired system, whether it be a Rift or a Vive or PSVR of your choice. But I mean, check out the catalogs first, because first and foremost, you want to play games that are fun on any system. We talk about this with the console launches all the time. It's like, are there games there that you want to play? And hopefully you find some good ones. Yeah. And if you aren't like, oh, my God, I, if if cost isn't so much an issue and you're playing on getting a PS5, I don't know when this PSVR 2 is supposed to be coming. I'm trying to like look up some info on it right now. But, you know, if it's something that you're not like, I don't need this right now, but maybe down the line, you might want to look into that, too. Yeah. I mean, I don't th- I don't know how far off that's going to be. Next question is from Alan Martinez. Hey, ladies, do you have certain games you play while listening to podcasts or music? Sometimes I feel bad for all the hard work the audio people put into their games. Am I overthinking it? You're not overthinking it. It's very common for people to listen to music playlists while playing games, particularly live service games. You have to do a lot of grinding in. Like if you have like a daily mission you have to do or weekly missions you have to do. But I never listen to music while playing games. Like literally never. No, I, I was really surprised when we launched What's Good. We got a lot of people who said they listened to our show while they played games. And I, I mean, props to you. I don't know how you do it. I couldn't. I would get way too distracted. I wouldn't know what I'm doing or why I'm doing it. All the dialogue, I would just be skimming it and it wouldn't register. But yeah, this is really common. Actually, um, Danny from Gamertag Radio posted that I think you can listen to Spotify while playing games through the Xbox app. Yeah. I mean, you could do that. You can do that with PS4 as well. Oh, I didn't, I didn't know that shit. But that's kind of cool. So yeah, yeah, it's it's awesome. And also, like you could have there's like a Discord integration too, where you can listen mm. um, to music, and so you don't have to feel feel bad about it. Because the, here's the thing. There are millions of people who buy games and there's definitely lots of people listening and appreciating the audio like Brittany, like Brittany and I, like I have been spending so much time in Animal Crossing that I was like, should I be listening to music? Because the Animal Crossing music is very soothing, but incredibly repetitive. But then I feel like I would miss all the little sound effects. Like if I'm doing some late night construction work and there's a shooting star like happened to me last night, I would have missed the shooting star sound. If I wasn't listening to the music and then I wouldn't have gotten my star bits this morning. That would have been really sad. Yeah, it would have been been really upset. But as far as feeling bad for all the hard work, the audio people put into their games. Yeah. Like I think you're, you're overthinking it. Don't sweat it. I I would, I can't speak for everyone who makes games, but I think if people make game in any capacity, it's to create an experience for consumers to enjoy themselves and lose themselves in. And if that means that you play their game while listening to other music, Cool. Maybe you listen to Metallica or Death Metal while playing Animal Crossing. Maybe that's Andrea's new thing. <laughs> I don't know. If only I actually listened to Death Metal, which I do not. It's just not for me. <laughs> um, ah! But Brittany loves it. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, next question is from Jay Mahue. When video games Mahue. aren't hitting the spot exactly, what hobby do you turn to other than wine and whiskey? <laughs> oh, God, they got could figured be out. a hobby. Um, this Isn't is always it? a hard question for me, and I think Britt and I share the same kind of philosophy here, that we both play a lot of games a lot of the time, and I don't generally get sick of playing games. Um, there has been a couple of periods of my life over the last few years where I've just been under a lot of mental duress, and the idea of actively playing something was not in the cards for me, so generally then I turn to TV or movies. I have a new quarantine hobby that I've been really getting into where I do what I call cart shopping. 
Meaning I go okay. online and I do a bunch of shopping and I build carts and then I just never buy anything. <laughs> Okay, hold up, what? (laughs) Yeah, so like I like will get emails like everybody does about marketing, like sales and whatnot. And so I'll be like, ooh, clothing store I like. And I go and I browse around and I shop and I build a cart and then I never actually get purchase. Or I'll put like a lot of like interior decorating things I want to do in the house together in a cart. I'm like, ooh, someday, but I just never buy anything because Mm. I'm trying to limit my spending like a lot of people are right now. But I still enjoy the act of shopping, and I can't go to a store and shop. Because I was ta- I was talking about this um, with some ladies over the weekend about how I desperately miss like in store shopping. Like I love stores like Home Goods, TJ Maxx, Marshalls, Ross. I love like going through all the aisles and finding good deals and like picking up stuff and looking at it. And I like I miss I miss shopping so much. So cart shopping. So it's cart shopping. Kind is my of new like. Hobby. Window shopping, but online. Uh, kind of, kind of, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Is it kind of like a Pinterest board? Um, I I, mean, I love I, making Pinterest boards too. Okay, but okay, but no, because I actually like go through the whole process of like picking out the thing, the exact thing I want, and then putting it into a cart, and then just never hitting the purchase button. <laughs> <laughs> now, have you ever gone back and actually purchased your cart? Sometimes I'll sometimes go okay. back and purchase like one or two specific items because you know I usually log in because listen you guys got to get that honey gold <laughs> I, I know Heidi's not a sponsor on today's episode but the honey gold is like chef's kiss um so oh, I'm always logged in so it tracks all of what I'm looking at so my ads across all of the gaming sites where we pull news from are very specific <laughs> to what I'm looking for thanks cookies but <laughs> But yeah, no, sometimes I do. What about you, Britt? Um, I would say, and I keep t- talking about this, but I think Japanese just really works my brain in a way that I need right now. It's It stimulates my brain. It, the fact that I'm learning and I f- walk away from it, taking my hours, so lessons a day, feeling kind of tired, but in a good way. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's working a muscle, but your brain isn't a muscle. It's just a lump of gross flesh. But that's what I feel like. <laughs> I feel like I'm working it and, it and it just relaxes me. And that's kind of been my go-to. And like, apparently drinking whiskey isn't a hobby. Well, fuck you, Jay McHuey. <laughs> that's your opinion. <laughs> Other than that, though, during these times, yeah, I would say it's, either, well, I, actually, oh, I've talked about puzzles. I've been doing puzzles lately. Those are fun. Like, just actual, like, take a piece of cardboard and, like, puzzle shit. Yeah, I used to be really big into puzzles. It was something we always did at my my grandparents' house when I was a kid. And I don't own a single puzzle as an adult, which is kind of tragic now that I think about it. But I don't know. I, I, I think I've lost some of the magic of putting the puzzle together and then taking it apart and putting it back in the box. Only to have to put it together again. Because I'm not one of those people that like lacquers it down and then, you know, like mount you mount it somewhere in your house or whatever. Yeah, my parents got a puzzle for me. And this is the one I was doing at their house. And it's just like a compilation photo of all of these old school video game things. So there's a Super Nintendo there, an N64, a Saturn, old school NES games. And so that was the puzzle that we had been working on for a while. So they actually did glue it together and then they are putting it in a frame. And then I'm going to hang it here in my office somewhere. But stuff like that is fun. I've been doing that. And if we weren't in the middle of a pandemic, I would say traveling scratches an itch. It's yes. my second biggest hobby other than games. But clearly that ain't happening anytime soon. So 
stumbling down on that whiskey drinking hobby and that Japanese hobby. Yeah. You know, yeah. a fun thing for us to talk about on a future show that I just thought of a topic is what would you have done knowing the pandemic was coming? Um, what would you have gotten out of your system or gone to go do if you had known that like we were going to be sheltering in place for essentially the rest of the year? Dude, that'd be a good topic. <gasps> yeah, I'm into it. Yeah. <laughs> the Batwinkle says my hobby is sleep. I just can't sleep. I wish. I wish I enjoyed sleep more. I just don't sleep very much. Um, all right. So let's see here. Brittany, do you want to pick hmm. one of these uh, best from the rest? I'm looking at here. I'm looking at maybe this one. Oh, are you in the actual doc? Oh, yeah. You want me to put them in the uh, in the show notes? Yes, please. You ask real feeble like that, ladies. Oh, uh, actually, this is what you want here? I think this one is, this one will be good. Scott says this will be a good one to end on. In a couple of weeks, CDPR, CD Projekt Red, that is, is doing a Cyberpunk 2077 event. In my opinion, the hype for this game is the highest I have seen since Bethesda revealing Fallout 4 at E3. Is it possible for CDPR to create something that will live up to the hype? Are people going to be disappointed if it's just a video game? I hope that makes sense. Um, I am with you that the hype is off the charts for Cyberpunk. And I honestly... have faith that they can potentially deliver on the hype based off what we've seen from them with the Witcher franchise and also what Brittany and I have seen from them in their behind closed door presentations. Not only what we've seen from CD Projekt Red for Cyberpunk 27, but their other games as well. So I think that if they take, if they had made like a 45 minute demo that they were planning to show behind closed doors at E3 this year, which we can imagine, off, based off the one we saw last year, would probably be pretty, oh. pretty fantastic looking. Yeah. And they're instead going to do that live on stream. I think this will be absolutely phenomenal. And I really hope that that's their plan. I understand where you're coming from. What was Scott? Was that the name? Scott, yeah. Skolte. I get it. It's, it's, but I feel like Andrea was saying... If a, com- if a developer can pull this off, I think it's CD Projekt Red. We've seen what they've accomplished with their other... Well, hello, The Witcher 3. I mean, huge. And I understand how... I think if this is any other developer... I mean, I think like Sony Santa Monica and like Naughty Dog that were up there. And, you know, where the games where you know what they're going to deliver is going to be bombdiggity.com. Yeah. That, yeah, like if this is anyone else cl- making the claims that they are, I could see the apprehension. I can see why you would be a little hesitant. But I think they can deliver... And I think they will deliver. I don't think this is going to be just a game. And it's going to... It's just a feeling. You know, you just get those feelings. And you're like, yeah. Yeah. You're going to fucking rock it. I I think that it just looks so exciting and interesting. And the thing that a lot of consumers don't know is that as a company, CD Projekt Red really has a philosophy, at least the last time I have worked with them and really all the times I've worked with them, of saying we're going to do a thing right the way we want to and we're not going to be beholden to any artificial deadlines or be pressured into making a decision we don't want to make. And they have really stuck to their guns on that and saying we're not going to let anybody else dictate our vision for us. And I have a lot of respect for them. They also are in a you know, great situation that they can do that because of all the work that they put into the Witcher franchise and not just the Witcher 3, by the way, that starting with the original Witcher game to where they are now, all of that kind of blood, sweat and tears that they had to do building that game because despite the fact that the Witcher 3 is constantly praised for being a fantastic game, which it is, it didn't 
really make them like a crap ton of money. They gave so much of their DLC away at reduced rates compared to how much it cost them to make that they were absolutely profitable. And, you know, they really actually revealed some, some, um, some uh, financial data this week or last week, but it wasn't to the scale that you see other companies being profitable because they didn't use really egregious business practices, which we can all appreciate and love. Thank you, CD Projekt Red. And so I think what the takeaway is from this is that they're going to do it right and they're going to be happy with the game they put out and not have to do apologies like we see some other teams unfortunately have to do because of the situation that they're in with their publisher or their the people who are kind of holding the purse strings to their development yeah. cycle. So does that mean that the game is going to be perfect? Of course not. Is the game going to still have problems? Probably. But it does make me more excited for this game and the potential success and quality of this game than some other major titles that are coming down the pipeline. This reminds me of a silly story I just read not that long ago on IGN. And it was about Thane's romance in Mass Effect 2. And how I think it was Patrick Weeks. I've been saying his name right. He was yeah, the writer. One of the, mm-hmm. Yeah, the writer. And they were writing Thane's romance scene. Was it two? It must have been two. And it was Mass Effect 2. I read the story yeah. this morning. I almost included it on the show notes, but it's so... We would have had to get really in the weeds. So I was like, let's really just, in the weeds. Let's just not. But there's this, yeah, there's this moment. Okay, Mass Effect 2 spoilers coming real quick. If you talking to Thane and you, he's he's telling you the story about how his wife was tragically murdered and his son, he's going through all this shit. And at the minute he's done telling you, my wife was murdered. I've never told anyone the story. One of your dialogue options is, I want you, Thane. And it's like, what? Like, that's so random and out of the blue, but that's how you kick off his romance scene because what happened is Thane's writer had left and the game was due to come out very soon. And so it's kind of little things like that. So when you're talking about, you know, they can delay their game and delay their game and they can make it as they want. That's an example of, you know, a silly example and a fun example and a lighthearted example of uh, what could happen. You know, you might not be able to write the ideal uh, romance you know, intro to romance, a.k.a. tell me about your dead wife. And I'm suddenly be like, I want you. That's weird. But that was a time constraint. It was. Things happen. It does. Things do happen. All right, Brittany, I think that's going to do it for us for today. Thank you to everybody who has joined us live in the chat. I did see a question from Jose, who's like, is this a random stream or the podcast? And this is the podcast. So if you guys are watching on YouTube, or if you're listening in the podcast feed, you'll notice that we are now numbering all of these episodes. So you're like, why didn't we number them before? We have an announcement happening at the end of this week on the Friday show, which we are very excited about, about a new platform, a new partner that What's Good Games is coming to. And so look for those details. But because of the infrastructure of how we need to upload the show to this new place, we have to start numbering all of the episodes. So this is an episode of the podcast, sir. Yeah. But for now, we want to give Rihanna another big happy birthday. I see her in the chat. We are going to be streaming here at What's Good Games at 1 p.m. Pacific time. So thank you, everybody, for joining us. And we hope you enjoy the rest of your Memorial Day if you're here in the U.S. Or have a happy Monday, everybody. And we will see you next time. Goodbye.